hope I can make it through a Degrassi viewing podcast. I'm your veteran, Donnie. I'm your neophyte, Frank. And today we're taking a look at Degrassi Next Generation Season 6, Episode 11, Rock This Town. Before we get too far into this episode, there's some quick content warnings. Uh, we're probably going to be talking a little bit about ableism. There's going to be discussions of teen sexuality, underage drinking, violence, and and a huge spoiler because there is a major character death that happens in this episode. <laughs> well, <laughs> the good news is that we're not alone in um, experiencing this episode together. We do have a very, very special guest. Um, this person is someone who is a, definitely a friend of the pod. Um, a wonderful writer, a very insightful uh, media commentator, and also one of my very, very, very good friends. Uh, let's please give a warm welcome to our pal, Joey. Hi. It's really nice to have you back here, Joey, especially for an episode that is so um, pivotal. Mm. Yeah, so pivotal, I think this is when I stopped watching. Yeah, like, but I, I do think that it's it's an episode that, yeah, a lot of people, there was a lot of reaction to it, and um, I think, I know we usually talk about, like, the relationships with Degrassi and things, usually at the top, but I, I think we kind of need to explore this episode a little bit before we really talk about um, your and my relationship with this episode, with this plot, um, because it was... A very interesting time, like, there was definitely a lot of folks, like, that did make a decision at this episode, like, if they were going to continue with the series. There was a lot of, um, there was a lot of hype regarding, like, I remember, like, out, like, materials regarding this episode. Um, I, like, I, I remember there being kind of a similar treatment to, like, Game of Thrones, where it was, like, let's have the actors react to reading the script and things like that. Like, there were definitely a lot of, like, those types of pieces of media that existed. But, um, I guess before we get too far into it and we talk too much about our emotions regarding this episode, um, Joey, would you like to introduce kind of the, the whole plot of this thing? wants to get over Craig, so she decides to throw a party while uh, uh, Snake and Spike are out of town. Um, the party gets crashed by the people from Lakehurst, and uh, Emma decides that she's going to drink and also possibly have sex with Sean, maybe. Um, well, at the party, uh, JT realizes that he's in love with Liberty because this party is just a front where Manny's like, it's Liberty's birthday party, but it's an excuse for me to have a party. Uh, but anyway, he goes to tell Liberty he loves her, and pretty much uh, he, he gets stabbed real good. <laughs> or bad, really. He gets stabbed real bad. <laughs> so now that, you know, Joey, you pulled the uh, lid off of the joke jar... <laughs> I was thinking to myself, I was going outside to get my bag, my green tea, tea bag. I was like, you know, this was, like, if this came out today, this would definitely have been a meme. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a very, um, 
I don't know. There's a lot of, I have a lot of complicated feelings about this. And I feel like it's, it's, it's similar to having very, I feel like I have very complicated feelings about character death as a plot point. Um, I, I tend to be somebody who, um, I don't know. It's like there, I, it, I'm still trying to unpack it. And, and I think it's good. I think it's good that we go through a little bit of the plot before we fully get into this. But I do think that, a conversation piece that I'm going to be thinking about a lot during this episode is like the purpose of character death what is a good if we can use the word good character death and like is is there a way to um talk about it in teen dramas that finds the balance between the devastation of losing somebody who is so young but also um having it makes sense as a viewer yeah it's just something in real life that doesn't quite i feel like it's something in that it is experience in real life that has no plot right it's it's usually just very very horrible and terrible and there's no reason behind it but as a viewer you almost want to find a reason behind it because it's a fictional story yeah but yeah, so I guess we will start kind of going through the story as Joey uh, really uh, thoroughly introduced. This whole entire thing kind of starts from Manny just wanting a party. Um, she is in a huge emotional, uh, very emotional place right now because Craig and her have had the whole entire thing happen last ep the last two episodes. Um, she is shredding pictures of Craig. She is saying that she's happy. She's saying that she's miserable. She's going through a breakup. We've all been there. She's emotionally vulnerable. It's it's just, you know, we. it's a very relatable moment of her screaming how happy she is when she's clearly, like, about to cry. I feel like this is just something that happens to Manny a lot where she wants just something small, just something, you know, to get her mind off stuff, and then it escalates into something horrible that she could not have planned for. Yeah, it's it's interesting how often a plot like this... I feel like this happens to Manny, yeah. Yeah, it's, it happens so often with Manny, and it, it's something that I, I feel like is something I personally am at odds with a lot as a viewer in this rewatch where I am supposed to be analyzing so much of it because it's like, it's like, God damn, can Manny have like one good thing? <laughs> Just one. Well, we no, were... Manny can't catch a break once they decided she, when they finally decided she was a main character and not just like Emma's sidekick, they, they were like, no, nothing good for Manny. It's true. She's the interesting one. It's, it's very true. And it's just, yeah, like she's just trying to, to deal with the breakup. And honestly, having a messy like high school party is such like a very natural way to, to, to deal with something like this. They did it on the first season of Riverdale. Yeah, I mean. It happens, though. Like, like this is a trope in teen media, but it is a trope that I've seen happen, like, multiple times over, both as a student, as a teacher, where it's like, oh, nobody's gonna be here, and you tell the wrong person, and then suddenly the whole entire school, other people are not even in the school, are suddenly trying to get into your house. Our, like, our parents left Susie and I alone, not a whole bunch, in high school, but neither of us wanted it. Neither of us want to have a party because there's like, ew, people in our house, gross. I would never host at a party. I was not a party hosting person. No. 
I don't have enough people who wanted to come to my house to have a party. <laughs> Honestly, like, that's a big, yeah. Like, even for me, it's like, I think I've had, like, had it be, like, you know, I had, like, some of my close friends come over and, like, technically I wasn't supposed to. But, like, who Yeah, would've... I had, like, nine friends in high school. Like, that's not a party. No. And nine is being generous. I mean, it's definitely enough to have a hangout. Yeah, but it, it's definitely like I feel like I feel like the party party levels is definitely exceeds. I don't even know how many people's parties. Whenever I guess you feel it in your heart. Yeah, I, I mean though to be fair, I didn't want to have parties with most of the kids I went to high school with, considering mm-hmm. where I went to high school. Mm hmm. I don't. I wouldn't know. Similar. Similar for me. I really would not want to. Like it's a lot. I mean. Just, I would hear about their part. Yeah, I would hear about their parties in class, and it was like a lot, a lot of mud, a lot of yeah. There's a lot of I don't know, mudding and camouflage jackets and just things I wasn't into. Oh God, <laughs> I like. I mean, I feel like that was the reason I was scared of. Like, one of my irrational social fears in that time period was, like, if I hang out with the cool kids, they're going to hunt me for sport. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. (laughs) I don't even know what to say. Holy shit. You know what? I I wasn't popular. I was a weird alt kid, so I can't say this for certain, but I don't think popular kids hunt other kids for sport. <laughs> mine didn't. I don't think that mine did. But they, they didn't necessarily want to uh, have much to do with us. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. They would talk to me, like, in class and be, like, polite because, right. you know, they could ask me for, like, homework help or whatever. But, like, no, I never hung out with them, like, outside of class. And my, the the people I went to school with probably could have hunted people for sport as they had access to hunting rifles. Yeah. Stuff like that. Fair. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's hard to like, yeah, like while, I guess while we're talking about like social thing, yeah, it's very, like, I don't know, like the, I feel like I never had a horrible social standing, if that makes sense, but I certainly wasn't like friends with people with like high, I don't know, social cachet. Acumen. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, like, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't like, uh, yeah, I didn't have bad social standing. Like, people were nice to me, which is, you know, in high school, it's a lot to be said about that. Yep. Yeah. It's true, though. But I wasn't, you know, invited places. I didn't have, like, I didn't have, you know, I didn't hang with the it crowd. Yeah. Own any wranglers. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, no, it's like, it's, it's, and I think this is also kind of happening similarly with, like, Liberty in the sense of, like, Manny is like, I want to have a party, and Emma's like, you need a fucking reason to have a party, which, bullshit, but, (laughs) understood. Um, and, and so Manny, um, is trying to figure out a reason, and JT brings up, like, oh, it's gonna be, like, Liberty's birthday this weekend, and Manny's like, that's it! And, um... (laughs) Bingo! This person I have not talked to on screen in how long? <laughs> Emma's just like, damn, she'll come up with a different block. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like, um, 
And I do kind of like this because this does feel very high school in the sense of like, yeah, Liberty, yeah, we were friends. It's like we haven't been, we haven't talked. And even later on in the episode, Liberty's like, we haven't talked all year. <laughs> so I do have a moment like this from high school where, like, I probably told this story in the podcast. I think I probably also told on a story on an episode, which Joey was on too. But like, I worked at a pharmacy through all of high school, and there was this kid. Um, who came in and like he sat at the same lunch table as I did, but like we weren't, I didn't really talk to him because I didn't like him all that much. And he like brought this $25 bottle of like weight gain pills or something because he was like a bodybuilder kind of dude. And he's like, Hey, can you price this down to a dollar? I'm like, No, like it's a $25 item. Like, I need to call my manager and then explain why I'm, like, doing it down to a dollar. He's like, come on, man, be, be my bro. I was like, we're not friends. I don't like you. <laughs> he tried to shoot a shot. He surely did. <laughs> it's, just, it's just such, like, a like a failure of understanding how money works also. It's just like, yeah, you can just make this a dollar. You can just punch it in, right? If I don't understand how Frank works. <laughs> Like, I turned my head when I saw certain people shoplifting, but I'm like, no, I don't care. Right. Oh, the hey. producers are fighting. They're over it. <laughs> anyway, so, um, but yeah, so it ends up becoming JT's suggestion. Uh, Manny gets really pumped about the premise of having a party under the guise of it's Liberty's birthday. Um, which means Manny now has to tell Liberty about the fact that she is hosting a party for her birthday. Um, so she goes to the computer room, um, as Liberty is, like, working on stuff, and Manny is just like, yeah, it's your birthday! Birthday party! What's up? You're gonna have a party! And Liberty's like, not interested at all. Which, you know, she's just not really into it. So, but yeah, so, like, Liberty's, like, super into, super not into the idea of having a party, um, points out the fact that they have not really been talking to each other very much, um, which I am glad the writers are acknowledging, because Liberty has just been on a fucking island for a minute. Yeah. But, um... <laughs> then Manny's like, well, I'll dress you up. I'll make you look really nice. It's it's fine. Um, and the condition is that, Liber that Liberty says that Manny must go to a Lakehurst Peace Summit. Yep. Because when Manny Santos is in um, attendance, the male attendance rate raises by 50%. I I have a lot of questions about the next scene, so unless anyone has any thoughts about this scene, I kind of just want to jump into the little peace summit. I don't know if, Joey, you have any thoughts? <clears throat> Sorry, the garbled there for a second. I didn't catch that. Uh, like, uh, before we jump into the peace summit, do you have any thoughts about the scene with Liberty and Manny? I just feel like it was, like, I don't know, Liberty and Manny have always had just this very awkward relationship where it's just, we are friends of friends where you, where I'm best friends with Emma, and you're sort of friends with Emma because she's the only other named girl in our grade at that point. So, I don't know, there, anything with, with Liberty and Manny is always just sort of awkward, because it's very okay, like, why are we even talking? It's true, though. It's, it's, 
And I, I do think that there's something very realistic about that, right? Like, I do think that that friendships or lack thereof, acquaintances, it's acquaintances. I feel like acquaintances like that do happen in high school very often. Um, I guess I am more, um, I always, I feel like I'm always a little bit more dismayed about this because it's like, we, we've talked a bit on the show, like, who, who are Liberty's friends? Like, does Liberty actually have people that she can kind of turn to? And the answer is not really. Yeah, Liberty's basically... Yeah, I mean, I feel like... Oh, I'm just gonna go ahead. No, please, Joy. Uh, I was saying that I feel like someone who is her friend, but also suffered from lack of screen time would probably be Toby. Mm-hmm. Because he's there for her a few times, uh, especially in the season where she's pregnant, but you see her with him a lot. But again, Toby had severely reduced screen time after the first couple seasons, so it's not like anything that was really clearly shown. Yeah, it's definitely something that, like, I don't question, but it is hard, it is definitely something that is there, other than the pregnancy plot, I think it is mostly inferred how close they are. I mean, well, we do see Toby and her hanging out a bunch, I think because Toby is secretary of, of student council. Yeah. But she doesn't have, like, you know. She doesn't have a best friend. She doesn't have friends that are girls yeah and that i don't know that bums me out in a very in a way that like i don't think ever really bummed me out as a kid but now i'm like oh like i want her to have friends but i also like like her so i guess it makes sense that i want to see her have friends um but she's trying to stay focused on this peace summit which um is taking place during lunch I have a lot of questions about the logistics of this peace summit, um, and I'm trying really hard to not put on my realist, like, you know, administrator goggles on this. But basically, like, Lakers folks are coming in to a classroom, and you may ask yourself, are there any teachers present? Are there any principals present? No! I, I also... Uh, well, it's been established... It's been established that Snake is out of town, and as we know, he's, like, the one teacher at school. <laughs> I also thought this was during after school. I didn't know it was during lunch. Liberty says, come during lunch. Yeah, it's like, because I was also like, how does Lakers get here? <laughs> um, if it's during school hours, there has to be like certain method, like, you know, certain insurance related, re like approved methods of transporting the children. <laughs> um, there are ratios. They're like, it's like, um, and it's just, like, it's, like, one of those things where, um, I unfortunately don't have a ton of, of experience with interschool conflict to really speak to. Um, it certainly happens, but a lot of the time, um, unfortunately, the answer, and I don't think this is really the answer, but this is unfortunately what a lot of schools do, is just kind of, like, keeping the kids separate as best as they can. Um, but then, you know, obviously after school, all bets are off. Um, much like my cats are just... <laughs> Brawling for no reason while we're recording. Dahlia's tail is so big. <laughs> but yeah, that's but you do bring up a good point that at no like I like the fact that there's a, a like the conflict is so established that we're able to have a midday peace summit 
in which another school is sending a delegation of people, like, but, like, the, the, the teachers are just like, you kids got this. <laughs> Leaving you to your own devices has worked so well in the past. God. We've only had how many teen pregnancies? How many shootings? How many acts of violence? How many fires? <laughs> no, it, not a fire, because we, as we know, fire is Degrassi's Pokemon weakness. It does double damage and will wipe out that school <laughs> completely. <laughs> it's it's just it's so preposterous, and it's like <laughs> Degrassi High School is a nice type. <laughs> it's just, but like the whole premise is so um, bizarre to me because it's like the reps of it appear to be Liberty and this new character who is the student council president of. Um, Lakehurst, Damien. Um, and they appear to be the people who are, like, running the show, basically. And and it's like, they, they're trying to, I like, you know, almost have it like a town hall style of, like, well, let's talk about, like, what's going on. The, my favorite thing is, I saw Damien, and I'm just like, is that just another teacher? <laughs> yeah, he's dressed very, um... He, he's dressed, like, with a sweater vest, Argyle sweater vest. It's not, it's not a sweater vest, it's just a regular sweater, but oh, it's a it nice sweater. sweater. Sorry, it's, it's nice. He's dressed very nice. He's dressed very, uh, he dress, he's dressed very, like, school professional. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he's, like, trying to be, like, okay, like, how, how are we feeling about this? And then, like, of course you're gonna have Danny be, like, oh, Lakehurst is psychos. Like, of course that's what's gonna happen. Well, I mean, JT did arrive and immediately get, like... <laughs> Threatened by three of the students at that school. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not, like saying like, um, I approve of the use of the word psychos. That's not it. But it's just kind of like, you know, like when on Star Trek when they land on a planet and immediately attacked by the like the predatorial alien of that planet. You're just like, wow, that was quick. <laughs> those pre those predators are just waiting to attack. I mean, I think the thing is, is like, what you're going into something. It's a peace summit. You don't. You're a child trying to run a peace summit. Of course, like it's going to open up right out the gate with kids being like, "Fuck that guy." Damien, Damien's just like, put this on the college degree. Get the fuck out. <laughs> He's like, I'm just trying to get into a nice school. Because <laughs> I was Damien, I'm like, get the fuck out of Lakehurst. <laughs> Lakehurst sounds like that's the thing too. It's like it's like. Um, there's also, like, this thing of, like, how do we characterize Lakehurst? And it, it is, like, a really... Because there's also this, this issue, I think, that is happening here, where it's, like, how much of this is a systemic issue of, like, Lakehurst as a school versus how much of it is just, like, a couple kids from Degrassi and a couple kids from Lakehurst, right? Like, is it literally, like, the whole schools are fighting? Is it that this is interpersonal conflict between a couple key kids? And it's like, I think that also impacts how you approach this, right? Like, a peace summit makes it sound like every single school person in the school has beef with every single person in the other school. But in actuality, it sounds like this I is... I feel like... Yeah, go on. Honestly, I feel like Lakehurst is just real goofy as a, con as a concept just because I feel like every school should want to stay as far away from Degrassi as possible. <laughs> Like, that school is on a hell mouth. Like, why would you want 
to go near it, let alone start conflict with any of the cursed souls that go there. It's it's very true though. Like the vibes are rancid. They are. It's true. But yeah, it's true. And it's like if we really try and like backtrack this, right? We really try and backtrack this. We really try and go back to when this like cursed conflict really started. It ultimately was because of like JT being involved with Mia and that pissing off Mia's ex. <laughs> I just like the idea of like you yeah. go you go into Degrassi like with a Ouija board the Ouija board catches fire <laughs> like they send in a priest to exercise the school his eyes start bleeding and he runs away <laughs> as you walk in you're just like something terrible happened here and not just you know the things that you know the things it's been in the paper for God, that would be such a good episode. It's just, like, a new kid at Degrassi, and, like, somebody is just pointing out all the terrible things that have happened. <laughs> I, I, uh, I went to, uh, when I went to Rutgers, it was during a particularly bad, like, headline swath, like, swath of headlines, um, and there was a moment where, when I was constructing my graduation cap, I was, like, for a split second, I thought of, and the thing about it is, is like, you know, there was a bunch of headlines, which, you know, you go to Rutgers, whatever, it, it's not the end of the world, unless you're me, who has to be a tour guide, and would have to react to every single headline whenever a parent would bring them up, um, and there was one point where I was just like, I thought about when I was making my, putting my graduation cap together, I was like, what if I just put together all these headlines I had to react to? And I was just like, this is a terrible idea, like, I immediately squashed it, but, like, it's just, like, one of those things where it's like, yeah, if you put all, all those headlines together, it's like, I don't know if I want to go to the school. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> can't blame you, buddy. <laughs> just, and... <laughs> And, like, Snake is just like, yeah, everything looks bad if you line it up like that. It's like, Snake, that was the last month. <laughs> <laughs> if you, this is on the first page. I feel like at some point there's just stuff... Yeah, I just, I just feel like at some point, like, you just miss some of the things that happened at Degrassi. Like, wait, when did that happen? Oh, three weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm sure, I'm sure the rumor mill goes... Runs very fast into grass. Like here's like th here's the thing. Like we don't even see what happens in the interstitials. Like we're watching maybe twenty two episodes. There's more weeks in a year than that. Like <laughs> you know, like there's probably other fights going on between non main characters. There's probably other non main characters who are like, you know, having teen pregnancies. Like, and other, like, problems at home and all these other things. This is just what we see. <laughs> it, it, this is, this, Degrassi falls underneath the Batman claws in that, like, in, like, Gotham is a way worse city than the Metropolis because if Superman stops five muggings in Metropolis, those were the only five muggings that were happening in that city. If Batman stops five muggings, those are the ones he saw just driving around or walking around. <laughs> like, at least, you know, like, it's funny they had Gotham and then they're like, you know, what if Gotham was worse? That's welcome to Bloodhaven. <laughs> I 
That's Degrassi. Degrassi is blood hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh, sweet kick, sweet chemo, come here and sanctify this land and ooze. <laughs> but, um, so, we're at the peace summit, and it's it's not going too hot. There's still a lot of tensions going on. It just is not particularly fortuitous. But also, like. Is Bloodhaven I- Camden? Because Gotham is Newark. <laughs> I wonder if Bloodhaven. I think so because it's like just yeah, it's it's really close. It's like right across the river. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be that would kind of track. Uh. Anyway. Um. So. Uh. So yeah. So Manny then at the end of this whole entire meeting is trying to push uh, trying to push Liberty and Damien together, um, and it's like, hey, like come to the party, woo. Oh, this is gonna work great. Um, and you know the it's interesting. So Frank, I'm kind of curious. Like, how was your experience watching this for the first time? Because you you kind of got spoiled before just because of YouTube. <laughs> but um, if you'd like to kind of speak to how the setup of this is going. Okay. Well, the thing was, every time I look up an episode to watch, like of Degrassi, um, like you know my rec- it would come up with my recommendations like rock this town. I keep seeing this, you know, um, thumbnail. I was like, looks like JT's getting shanked. So, like, I, I, th- I said that to Donnie numerous times. I'm like, looks like JT's getting shanked. <laughs> and, like, but, like, if, 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 and then I saw, um, when we searched this, two videos down, another Degrassi video is like, 12 years ago today, a... JT York was, like, was killed. Like, oh, that kind of gives away the game. But, like, if I hadn't known that from every interaction JT has in this episode, I'm like, that character's gonna die. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of, like, setup happening in this episode um, towards something, like... Because he's, like, making amends. He's talking about the good times. This is, like... I would would have been only more sure if he walked up to a calendar and slowly pulled off the month with both hands at the bottom <laughs> of the page. <laughs> or if he was like, or anyone in like a war movie going, that's right, everyone, I can't wait to get home. <laughs> <laughs> My girl's waiting for me. Everybody will get her. <laughs> get a good visual on her. I'm one day from retirement. And this picture is going to be dotted with blood soon, and you're going to take it back to her. <laughs> Look at these trading cards of yourself, Captain America. God. That was fake, though. Yeah. <laughs> Same energy. <laughs> God. I just... Yeah, it's... it's. I'm the wide-eyed, impressionable boy that loves you, Mr. Stark. Ah! <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> also... That's why in the the second Avengers movie it was so stupid that Hawkeye didn't die because he kept saying, "Don't worry, this is my last mission." And looking at a picture of his family we'd never seen before, and it was like, "Well, obviously he's gonna die." And then and then they were like, "Actually, oh, we're having copyright issues, so someone else has to die." Uh... Let's make it. Let's make it the less interesting one. Shut the fuck up! Don't. That's fighting words, Frank. That's I'm fighting sorry, words. I'm sorry. That's that's big old fighting words. That is big. 
big old fighting, whereas I have a 10-pound figure of him that I could beat you to death with. This is true. I've, I've seen it. Well, I had a good run. Yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. I accept my fate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always knew this is how I was going to get arrested for beating someone to death for insulting Pietro Pizzoff. <laughs> It'd be funny if you're just like, I always knew how this would end for Frank. I didn't know why I'd be beating him to death with Quicksilver Frank. I knew it was going to happen. Well, when I met Frank, I went, five years from now, he's going to insult my favorite comic book character, and I'm going to beat him to death. Frank, I just, I'm just shocked you, you were going to get those fighting words because Joey's Discord name is a Pietro reference. <laughs> I didn't put two of you together. There could be another Pietro. Um, oh my god. Actually, but first I had to, when I was talking about him, I had to put in parentheses, not the sheep, because multiple people said, are you talking about the Animal Crossing villagers? <laughs> anyway, I apologize, but I still accept my And face. I was like, no, he's a clown. Like, he's a clown, but, like, a different kind of clown. Yeah. Oh, God, now, oh, he's on my island. Yeah. Ah, oh, damn The it. sheep. Pietro, the sheep is on your island. That horrible clown. <laughs> no, I love him! Stop making fun of Pietro's! <laughs> I have no loyalty to the sheep, so, uh, you can make fun of him. No, I love him! Do you want him? I'll see if I can get him on my island. <laughs> I already have Dom, so I don't know what will happen. What hell will be wrought on my <laughs> island if I have Dom and Pietro? <laughs> oh, that does remind me. I, on um, my favorite YouTube channel, they do do like a ranking of of like their Animal Crossing characters to see who has like the better group of characters. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking, like maybe one day you and I could do that. Well, I have Scoot, so I have the best island. <laughs> one of them wow, had... that's a strange way to say Shari. <laughs> I have the best villager. One of them had school. one of them had Marshall, who at the time of the recording was like the number one villager. Didn't? Oh yeah, well Marshall's yeah, cute. Can, I thought... Anyone can have Marshall. Anyone can have Marshall. You can get his amiibo. Okay. Marshall's good. Can't get one of Raymond. No, Raymond was in my campsite once. I took him, and then I gave him to my sister. That's fair. Yeah. Anyway. Well, anyway. Anyway, I apologize. No, it's Let okay. us continue. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's, it's interesting to hear, like, from your point of view, because it's like, I don't know, it's like, I'm trying to remember, it's really hard to remember if I knew, I don't think, I think I was spoiled, but I also feel like the way that this whole entire thing was hyped up, it made it very clear, like, someone was gonna die. If memory serves me right. So, I feel like it, it didn't really matter if I was spoiled or not, because I knew something, like, big was gonna happen. And I feel like, and Joey, if you, I don't know if you remember anything like that, but, like, I feel like the commercials showed quite a bit of this. Yeah, like, I think I, I, I feel like I went into it knowing that he died. Right. Like, I feel like that was kind of the thing. It was like, it was more about having to, it felt like the way that they approached it, it was more of an emphasis of this character is going to die and like, you know, let's try and like process it versus 
having it be this concealed, like, shock thing. Mm -hmm. Which is interesting because I feel like there's, like, two... I feel like two things. I feel like the episode itself really, like, guides you to this conclusion and that this is a thing that's going to happen. But it also feels like such an escalation compared to the prior stuff. And I wonder if it's because it, it has been so distorted over time which i mean sometimes that's just what happens with conflict like it gets so far away from the original thing but i guess what's weird is like jt is part of the initial conflict and then things kind of go into different directions because you know toby gets involved and things like that and even though jt is a part of it he's trying to be on the sideline of it and then we end up back into back where we were with jt but we don't necessarily have some of the kids from the initial conflict with JT at the end point. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's, and again, like sometimes conflicts are that disjointed and that is what happens. But I, I feel like as a viewer watching this, this time around analyzing these episodes, like it did feel a bit, I, I don't feel what I feel like I should. I think because it just, it's not built up in any way. Yeah, it's weird. It's like it's it's like there were attempts to build it up, but it doesn't quite feel built up in a way that makes me as a viewer care. Well, it's just like how much of this, well, how much of this, like, um, how much of this conflict have we actually seen? Like, they're like, we're gonna fight you, to we're gonna fight you, JT. We're gonna fight you real bad. JT doesn't show up. Okay, let's beat up Toby. Okay, that's it. It's not like we're watching, like, it's not like we're seeing kids, like, just brawling in the streets or, like, you know, a prank war or something like this. Like, at the end of, like, for me, like, the whole Lakehurst ward just feels kind of flaccid because I'm just like, I don't, like, this isn't, it's just like, this is the climax of all the tension and all the conflict. I'm like, there wasn't really that much tension or conflict. Yeah, I guess it's like, it's really hard because it's like, again, I think we're running into this issue of, is it just a couple kids or is it like actual schools having issues with each other? And it's really hard to show, I think it's a point of view issue too, because we don't really get to see very much of Lakehurst's point of view on this. Because it's Degrassi. It's called Degrassi. We're not, it's not called Degrassi Lakers. We're not going to see Lakers' point of view and how this impacts the school and how this impacts the school dynamic. But it does make it very hard to uh, feel very much during the process. You know, it reminds, like, it reminds me of the book Outsiders by S.E. Hinton. Yeah. Where, like, you know, you have the greasers and the socias, and we, we've seen through the entire book... That when the greases and the social like meet or interact, it's going to turn into a fight. It's going to turn into violence. But we haven't encountered that. So then when we get to the rumble, and it's just like this huge fight, you're like, okay, well this makes sense. This is a correct line of action. But there's none of this. It's just like they beat up they beat up Toby. Do how many Degrassi kids actually yeah, give a fuck yeah. about Toby? <laughs> people have beaten up Toby. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> that too. But. I mean, Spinner beat up Toby. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, I guess, like, there is that piece of it where there is media that does talk about, um, 
violence in this way and and it, it does require a lot more uh it requires i think it requires a lot more work than people realize well, i mean look at um look at rick yeah rick which took that took a long time to build up to right like there was so much about it which is uncomfortable as it was a lot of the time really set up like how 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 much of a villain he is yeah we because like I think we see the absolute awfulness of him in season three. Yeah. Like him and his entire relationship. Then by season four, when he's trying to come back and we have that gross kissing episode, we, and then like everybody making fun of him and like, you know, giving him shit for what he did to Terry. And like, what we're seeing is the deconstruction of any you know, um, self-worth or ego. I mean, he doesn't deserve, like, pity. <laughs> Ugh, that's always the thorny issue. When he's, when, like, after you say, you're like, mm, he's still a kid, and it's just like, he's, it's, he's still a monster, but he's also a kid. It's, it's troubling. It's, it's, it's very hard, and, I mean, it's a very hard topic to talk about with Rick, but I do think it does kind of come back to, uh, regardless of, if, like, you know, regardless, he he needed to be willing to rehabilitate himself mm -hmm. without the expectation that he could just be brought back to Degrassi and just be treated entirely like nothing had happened. Yeah. That he still had to uh, take accountability right. for his actions, and that's something Rick never did. Yeah. But, like, when he... Yeah, I also think when you're talking about, uh, like, character death, like, there was something, like, with say Rick's death there it's when it's character death it's okay with him there is nowhere else for him to go there's no coming back from this so it felt like this is a natural progression of what would happen to this character as opposed to like what happened in this episode where it was like wait what it's yeah I I, I agree with that I think that it's and again I think it's it's a really hard balancing act because I do think that in life, death doesn't have a plot. It mm -hmm. just happens. But when you are a viewer, you, you kind of need to be given a reason why. Because I feel like a lot of the time I get pissed off at a character death because it doesn't feel like it makes any fucking sense. Or like it just kind of feels like you're just doing... For gratuitous or for shock value. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And, and this does feel gratuitous. Yeah. It feels, but, but, like you just, like, like you just said, if they really gave it, like, a multi-season treatment, and they really explored this conflict between these two schools, and how there were attempts to try and rehabilitate, there were attempts to try and restore the relationship, there were, and nothing was working, people were just getting more angry, people were getting more resentful, and people got caught in the crossfire, it, it would have been a really emotional thing beyond just, oh, this is a character I like that died. Because that kind of feels like what they did. It was like, who's a character that's likable? And that's how it felt like even as a kid. It felt like, we're going to make you oh, upset. Absolutely. It felt like they just killed yeah. JT to make you upset. Well, I mean, go Yeah, that's exactly how it felt. And it was like, cause I think it's also like, well, we don't, we wanted to kill off a main character. But they can't be too main a character. Because what are we going to write about? Oh no, all the other main characters have graduated. So. Yeah. 
it, it felt like it was trying to teach us a lesson as viewers, as kids, but I, there wasn't, it was basically like, you know, kill your darlings. Like, <laughs> how felt like how it was. I mean, JT was the darling of Degrassi. Um, but I was just thinking about what you're saying, and like, that's exactly what happened to Jimmy. Yeah. Like, Jimmy got caught in the crossfire of violence between Spinner, Alex, and Jay to Rick. Yeah. And it, it worked. It made sense. It was, it was upsetting. Uh, you know, you respond appropriately, and, like, that's, I think, you know, people, there are a lot of jokes about Jimmy and, and him getting shot and things like that, but I think a lot of it does speak to how it is a moment in, in Degrassi that sticks with you. Like, you, you, there, in the moment, that episode is terrifying to rewatch, like, it's an episode I really don't feel comfortable rewatching a lot of time, because it is, like, really, it, it makes you feel something, because you, you kind of see it happening, you know you can't stop it. He's caught up in this, in this, and it, it still makes you feel appropriately. Um, but in this, it does just kind of feel very unceremonious. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was reading the notes. It just seemed like Ron, uh, Ryan Cooley just wanted to leave the show. So, and he wanted to leave with a bang. So Yeah, that's what, I think that's what he said. He's like, yeah, I want my character to go with a bang. Or you know what? <laughs> yeah, which, like, I do get. But, yeah, it's just... Yeah, it just, I don't really like how there seems to be this, this, uh, meta-narrative or something like that that is basically, like, don't get too attached to your fucking favorite characters, kids. I mean, it reminds me on, um, Battlestar, this one character got, like, um, this one actress, I should say, got cast on the new, like, the, the uh, I think it was the updated L word. Like there was, Oh, shit! And she, uh, and we're just like, well... She's dead. <laughs> and then, like, cut to, like, the next episode. Yep, there she goes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's, like, I also am always at odds with these just as, like, yeah, no, I just, it's just, like, a very weird, which I guess we could kind of, like, gloss through a lot of, a lot of stuff. Because a lot of it, a lot of the stuff leading up to this moment is with, like, obviously it has more gravitas of like JT's setting up his end but like a lot of it is also just like kind of what you expect from a party plot right it's like Manny is like you know oh I'll keep it small because Emma wants to get laid for lack of better terms and of course that doesn't happen because news travels fast and Toby finds out and Danny and Derek find out and then everybody is going and then even the college kids find out about it which by the way as a college kid the last thing I want to fucking do is go to a high school party no. <laughs> like, why would I ever want to go back? <laughs> it's like, I went to college to get a, get, a, get away from you fuckers. Like, why would Marco want to go back? Like, that's too many street people. Why would you ever come back to Degrassi? Like, you escaped. You're out. <laughs> it's so true, though. It's like, it's like, what? No. But yeah, like, everybody, everybody finds out. Which is also kind of funny because you would think that that would do something in terms of how, um, like, anything, like, in terms of how the plot moves, but it really doesn't. I, well, my thing is, I think it's probably just, like, all the kids, it's like the food fight. All right. the kids wanted to probably be in the party episode. Fair enough. <laughs> They're like, we just want to have some fucking fun, <laughs> like, in the background and whatnot. Which, fair enough. But yeah, like, everybody comes, including graduates, um... And we go to uh, Manny and Emma's house. Oh, so, sorry, before, yeah. before we move on, I do want to point out that Danny 
and Derek do their O when they hear of the party. They and do. It's very good. I I weirdly like these moppy haired children. Because because they're idiots. They but are. they're harmless idiots. They're I mean they're harm okay. Dating for dudes. I don't know what to say. They're har- they they're harmful to each other and themselves. But they don't harm other people. They're just lads who give each other chemical burns. Like, there's nothing <laughs> wrong with this. Joey, have you watched Dating Four Dudes? No. It's a it's a, a multiple multi episode Degrassi mini uh, arc, and it is weirdly hysterical. And I strangely recommend it. <laughs> It's, it's Derek and Danny trying to hit on girls, but they just keep either getting shoved away by the girls, threatened for money, or they end up giving each other chemical burns with their homemade cologne. Yep. <laughs> it's really funny. Oh, and they also break into Marco's house and then talk about taking Marco on a date. I think ice skating? <laughs> yeah, like, and then they're just like, they're like, they're like, yeah, we're straight, but like, we know when a guy is handsome. Like... <laughs> And Marco's just like, okay. No, I think he's like, oh god. Yeah. He's just slowly <laughs> trying to grasp the fact that these high schoolers are manifested in his home. As he disassociates in between them. Yeah. Honestly, Dating for Dudes, highly recommended around on I Hope Pod. Um, but so we have like the typical like convert again, like a lot of this is pretty rudimentary stuff. Not in a bad way. I do like a party plot, so like I don't really have that much of an issue with, with a lot of these scenes. But it's like, you know, Manny getting Liberty dressed up and like Liberty questioning like why why getting dressed up like this and um Manny's trying to do like she's kind of projecting a lot of her feelings onto Liberty by saying, like, you know, you gotta move on from JT, you gotta do some fun stuff, you know. I'm not I'm not dealing with a breakup by by uh projecting on an acquaintance. No, no, no. Um you move this on. This is to- my good friend Liberty. <laughs> I'm serving the project. <laughs> you all know Liberty, my my pal. Um, L- Liberty likes people, places, and things. <laughs> but um, you know, and Emma is still trying to have her night with Sean work out. She's making slushies and then um um unceremoniously dumping vodka into them, <laughs> which I kind of loved. <laughs> there's a there's a cake liberty is just like wow what a surprise um and then immediately everybody is entering we get really excited because we saw alex for a minute jay is here spinner's here the college kids are here um emma is uh manny rather is trying to control the group because emma is just on a different planet right now and <laughs> And Spinner, as soon as he sees Lakehurst boys, is already trying to threaten them because they're coming in with a lot of beer. Oh, yeah, a lot of beer. Yeah. A lot of beer. I I do like the fact that Jay is the least of our troubles tonight. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, he really probably shouldn't be at a high school party. No. (laughs) Yeah. No, Jay's like 25. (laughs) <laughs> he should uh, probably leave the premises, but. <laughs> uh, Jay. Oh, Jay. Well, he showed up in his Mr. Poppins persona. Oh, you think you know? You think you know? <laughs> you think you know? <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, the mini episodes have made us really turn around on some characters. But, um. But, yeah, so, like, you know, we have party stuff going on. Damien comes in, he has a mug for Liberty. 
Happy birthday! He's trying. He's trying. But their yeah. com- their conversation is not. They don't have chemistry. He's like, I have not changed out of my out of my nice sweater. Why right. why mess with perfection? Right. Um, Toby is making out with someone. Uh, One of the Lakehurst students. Yeah, you know, good for him. Um, Bridges. Yeah, she, yeah, exactly. And like, she's super into it. Like. <laughs> Uh, let's let's give Toby that. Like he's with a girl who who is one hundred percent consenting and having a great time. Oh, speaking of Does that, she also like anime and manga. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope so. <laughs> oh God, I remember that episode. How could you forget? <laughs> What's your favorite anime? The one with the lab mouth <laughs> man protagonist. <laughs> Whose power is fire. <laughs> Um, yeah. My favorite was just the fact that they did no, literally no research on anime at all. No. Not even to make one up. No. Okay, so here, uh, part of me is just like, also glad they didn't do that, but part of me wishes they had, just because you know some people are like, like, yeah, I'm into all kinds of anime, and they're like, I'm into like Bible Black. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, did we check what Bible Black was about? <laughs> That sounds like a pretty risque title for like an anime. <laughs> All right, fine. Well, we have some, we have some other ones. We have um, um, canvas. <laughs> we have love Hina. <laughs> the work the works of Gigi Ito. <laughs> I'm sorry. What was that, Joey? I was saying uh, gravitation. Oh yeah, we got gravitation. We got fake. <laughs> uh, Berserk. <laughs> we got Jinjo Romantica. Oh, man. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to throw Food Wars in there because I tried watching that show and then, like, the first episode, a girl, like, took a bite of something and made a gross sex moan. I'm like, and we're done here. <laughs> That's that whole show because they yep. see ads. And like I had a friend who suggested I watch, and I go, no, I saw commercials for it. It was just too weird for me. And she's like, but you watched JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, and I was like, yeah, well, weird is baked into the title. I, I expect it to be weird. Jo- JoJo's also, also a different. Weird... Oh, also, there's like a, a show being weird, and then there's like I orgasm after I eat your fried rice. Right. It's like JoJo. <laughs> I, I'm very defensive of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, mostly because yeah, it's weird, but it's so earnestly weird that like I don't find it off-putting at all like <laughs> jojo punches a plate of spaghetti because he's suspicious of it <laughs> yeah and like it's great and and i love yeah. part four like I, it, I like oh yeah like uh, like thing is like i don't even like i feel like the one time where i was reading jojo and i really felt like wow this is weird was only in part one when jack the ripper yep. popped out of a horse me too that was the <laughs> one part where i seriously said out loud this really is a bizarre adventure. <laughs> I had the same moment. I literally like paused it and I was just like, because I was watching the anime and I was just like, okay. <laughs> All right. This is, this is, this is an idea and I am certainly watching it and uh, I needed like a minute, like I needed like five minutes to just kind of be like, okay, this is the thing that happened. And then I kept going and then I was like, All right. So like I, one podcast I listened to, somebody brought up the, the fact about like, 
with JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is you can be told everything a stand does, and it's still not a spoiler because the author is just so creative with the way he uses the stands. Or he forgets. Or yeah, or he forgets. Which is great too. <laughs> I, I just love hearing stuff about JoJo out of like out of context. <laughs> it's good. I don't know. I again like I I when we talk like weird stuff, yeah, I do get very I it I immediately get very defensive of JoJo's because it's just like one, like Joey said, it's in the title, but two, it's just like it's it's not I don't know, it's just it's so it, it it knows itself. Yeah, it's very self-aware. It's very like and it's also like at the end of the day, I feel like what I like about JoJo's is just it's a it's a love story to fashion and music and like aesthetic and and all that fun stuff and it's just it's a good time. Yeah. It's a bizarre yeah. adventure. So, so anyway, back to this less bizarre adventure and and you know, Degrassi's sad adventure. Yeah. Degrassi's <laughs> sad adventure. Yeah, what um, if Sean put the mask on? Would he? <laughs> Jay would. Jay would. <laughs> <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh, he would. Oh! I reject my humanity, Spitter! Peter with a steamroller and then punch the steamroller. Ideal. I don't know how I want Peter uh, to go out. Steamroller or getting hit by an ambulance and everyone watching. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, Spinner! <laughs> so Spinner's the protagonist? I guess I guess that makes sense. <laughs> I said it, but like I, I could see it. Goodbye. Goodbye, Toby! <laughs> no! That's like the last thing. I don't like you doing that with every character. Oh my god. I mean, instead of a song, I'll just go out and be saying every character's name. God. <laughs> anyway, um, so. You thought it was Sean that gave you chlamydia, but it was I. <laughs> <laughs> oh! Alex Wagon. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, oh, man. Anyway, so, um, so we end up with, like, a lot of, like, things like, um, Manny trying to keep things together. Emma is fucking wasted. Emma's stand is Green Day. What is, oh, yeah, I mean. <laughs> yeah, but, like, now I kind of want Emma off. with, like, the dolphin pants highly stylized. <laughs> With also, like, I feel like all of them just have Canadian musicians as you're right. their stand. You're right. <laughs> Toby stand is Nickelback. <laughs> and, <laughs> and its power is that it turns his back into nickel. So like the, the Lakers kids are kicking him and they're like, ow, why are our feet hurt? He's like, ha ah, my back is nickel. <laughs> really could have moved this episode around if that happened. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so, focusing, 
Um, so Manny is trying to like keep things organized in Jack's room, and Damien, of course, comes in, and they apparently have chemistry instantly, are able to finish each other's sentences type shit. Um, oh, to be young and <laughs> at a high school party. Okay, I, I, I'm like, and Manny's like, I can't do this, like, and she goes to find Emma. Yeah. Who is hoisted. Yeah, she is. Um, so we're at the kitchen, um, and JT bums into Liberty, and they're talking about how, like, the whole Damien thing is going, and and Liberty is just immediately launching into memories about her and JT. She is just pining. So, obviously, JT asks if she's drunk. No, she's entirely sober. Man, that's, that's a dark place to be. Like, <laughs> like to be... Not drunk on your birthday, unloading all of your emotions to your ex-boyfriend. Not only your ex-boyfriend, but the father of your child. Right? Right. And also, like, in a relationship with someone else. Like, ugh. 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 I don't care for birthdays. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she, she's also very very anti-birthday, um, and JT's kind of, like, acknowledging it, um, and they're talking about, like, memories outside of birthdays, uh, and it's just a lot of, like, Liberty just kind of being like, yeah, like, I'm still in love with you, and JT being like, <laughs> which, um, is understandable. I mean, she's upset by that reaction, but, like, Yo, if that happened to me, I would be the same fucking way. I'd be like, oh no. It, it's the definition. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. It's the definition of sideswipe. Is that the, yeah. is that the term? Blind, I mean, blindsided. Yeah, it's, it's, it is. Yeah, it's like it got stabbed, that one. Uh, it's, 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 it's tough. It's tough. Because it's like, I do understand why Liberty is feeling very volatile right now. But I also understand why, why JT's like, what the fuck? What do I do with this? And, like, he does try to follow her. And he says, and, like, you know, she's, like, she's kind of, like, making a lot of assumptions about how he feels. And he's just trying to keep up. Because it's things like, you know, like, you're in love with Mia. And him hesitating when he says that he's in love with her. Uh, well, this is after that Liberty tries to storm out. And JT yeah. gets in front of her. And this is when they have that conversation, yeah. and she's like, are you in love with me? It's like, I don't know. Right, like, it's like, I'm a teenage boy, I don't know. <laughs> like, a lot of bad shit's happened to me, too. Like, I don't know. I'm not trying, he just gets like, I'm not, I'm not trying to define your experience, but like, hey, that whole experience wasn't good for me either. You're like, I'm just trying to figure out how I feel, I'm just trying to have fun. I'm supposed to be a teen. <laughs> Yeah, like, they're, like, so they're talking about it, and then, like, JT's like, I don't even know why I'm talking to you! Like, it's just, it's, like, it's very messy. It is messy in a way I kind of like. Like, I do kind of like that, like, whole, like, we have a lot of things that are unresolved. We're kind of acting on impulse right now. I don't really know how I feel because I have not really given myself enough time to unpack it, but, man, we are in a mess right now. <laughs> I mean, because that's, it's so, um, it's so realistic. Yeah. Where it's just like, one thing happens, it's like, we're just gonna dump out all our dirty laundry right here, right now. Right, because it's like, you know, they didn't really get to, they haven't really been able to talk very much, and, and that's a huge thing, and it's like, it does make sense that, like, there is a lot of unresolved stuff between them, because it's just like, 
their relationship really didn't get to have very fair of a shot when you really think about it. Like, there was a lot of stuff that happened and then they had to kind of react to potentially, like, having a baby and, and, you know, they didn't, they didn't really get to be much of a relationship instead kind of jumping into maybe being parents. It's like, of course there's gonna be all this unresolved shit. Right. Like, this is, this is the most, like, natural human moment in many ways of this whole fucking episode. <laughs> but, um, as this is happening, um... Liberty's, uh... Liberty's stand is some 41. <laughs> what does that one do? Are you just looking up Canadian artists? Yes. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um, but, but, um, you know, as this is also happening, Sean is bringing Emma to a uh, bedroom, and Manny and Damien no. are grinding. Okay, well, I want to say that, you know, Sean and Emma... Emma drags Sean into a bedroom. Oh, okay, that was that was her doing it? Okay. Uh, yeah, and then, like, Sean's just lying on the bed, and he's just like, hey, you look great tonight. She's like, you look great too, Mr. Sexy Man. <laughs> I think I like Emma white girl wasted more than I like Emma and, sober. And Sean's just like, are, are you drunk? And she's like, drunk enough. <laughs> and then climbs on top of him, and then begins to vomit. And he just, I really like Sean this entire I episode. I really like Sean. Sean, like, since that one episode where he really kind of, like, began to unpack his anger and shit like that, he's been great. <laughs> he's getting back to what I feel like it was, like, old Sean. Yeah, almost like better Sean. Yeah. Let's say better Sean because, you know, he still had a lot of trauma. But, like, there's something about him now that I'm just like, this is, the, this is it. Sean is back. Back on top, baby. <laughs> well, like, and then... It's true, yeah. He's great. He's just, like, a fun... Like, he's a good kind of gruff boyfriend character. Like, he's great at it. Yeah. And Emma immediately begins to vomit into a trash can, and Sean's just like, oh, okay, and just starts, like, pulling her hair back. <laughs> like a good boyfriend. He's good. <laughs> I like him. I like Sean. <laughs> Because I was saying before, like, like Sean, that's like, yeah, they could go into that bedroom and Sean's gonna, like, make sure she falls asleep on her side and wakes up with a multivitamin and a banana. I mean, he might give her a slice of chocolate cake, who's to say? <laughs> Wash it down with some chocolate milk. <laughs> uh, my, like, <laughs> my heart. <laughs> not, like, not that, like, that's tragic, but just, like, that much sugar in one go. Right. Oh, it's to be a teen again. <laughs> Uh, we end up in <laughs> my clans are just looking at each other shaking their heads <laughs> <laughs> we end up in the kitchen and we have a very interesting scene between Manny and Ellie which is a scene that I remember very distinctly as a child too and I was like trying to figure out why and I think the reason why was uh, so they're having a conversation and it, it's like really stilted and really awkward but I kind of like it because it's, it's both of them basically kind of acknowledging how Craig fucked them over and how they still care about him yeah and I really like it because it is, like, just very disjointed, very disconnected. Um, e like, Ellie clearly wants to have this conversation, and Manny is kind of shutting it down. And I, I like that. And and then at the end, like, Frank made a joke about, like, them getting together. And I was just like, man, maybe, maybe I was really into it because, like, there was, like, this, like, desire to see, like girlfriends on Degrassi. <laughs> what have we talked about 
What if we talked about our feelings about Craig and kiss? Haha, <laughs> just kidding. Unless? <laughs> I, I, yeah, like there was something about it. I, don't, I can't explain why. It, you know what it is? It's the uh, Elena double cast thing of there's no, you believe there's no stronger atta- attraction than women who are done with a man's bullshit. Maybe that's it. I forget what couple that was, though. That was definitely my Hero Academia one, though. Maybe that's why I'm into it. I mean... But as a kid, I was, like, really into that scene. And I think it might just dilute to that. I was just like, I want I want more of these two interacting <laughs> in this way. I am fascinated. <laughs> Betcha AO3 has nothing. I'm on it. It has nothing. I'm sure it has nothing. <laughs> AO3 is weird. Like, I mean, I guess it's just because AO3 was really being used after, like, this this era of Degrassi, but, like, it, it's pretty fucking slim pickings. A lot of my rare pairs, a lot of my, my Degrassi rare pairs have, like, zero goose egg. Which I know the answer is, well, why don't you write it, Donnie? And and the answer is, pay me. <laughs> or give me reviews also, on my podcast. Also, are you, are you ready to not only have a Degrassi podcast, but to also be a, a Degrassi fanfic writer? Right? Like, that feels like, um... A step, a bridge too far for me emotionally. It's like, I, 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 I don't know. Like, do do I actually want to become... Yes, here is Donnie. Um, he runs a Degrassi podcast, but he's also known as a huge Craig Marco shipper and has written literally all the fix on AO3. <laughs> I'm just throwing this out there, but when I'm looking through the tags, I came across one that was like, like oh, it's... Oh, cool. So another Manny Santos Alex fic. I'm like... It's you. That's mine. It's you. <laughs> You're it. Because that's the other thing. It's like I'm already um, um, making a name for myself, I say, as if uh, to hopefully speak into existence for writing uh, Anastasia Transfic. So, like, do I do I want more niche um, titles for myself? I mean, just look at our, our you know, our uh, mentor... Our ghost mentor, because they've never met us before, Inasora. Like, be the change you want to see in the world. You're right. You're right. I, we haven't talked about Inasora on on the podcast, but um, so but it feels right that we're bringing this up for the first time with you present, Joey, as you are my partner in crime on this. Um, but in the pandemic, you know, a lot of people mark like what what they've gotten into in the pandemic, and and you know, some people have gotten into useful things like um baking or cooking or um crafts of various sorts but um joey and i have become very entrenched in um the world of disney slash non-disney meps um which are those beautiful videos on youtube featuring mass crossovers of various disney and non-disney animated characters if you think i'm not gonna be into this you're dead wrong <laughs> oh frank don't worry i'm gonna make you watch the trans one it's my favorite <laughs> but um, I'm still can't believe that you're choosing the trans one over you are my spouse. You are my spouse is also really important. I know, but like the trans one is like my current obsession, but the you are my spouse it's like a double feature. Like it has to be both. But um so like MEPs a lot of people go like, "Oh, the ones with like Jim Hawkins and uh Dimitri from Anastasia." It's like, "Yes, but there's a lot more." I remember you telling me about this. Yes. Cuz you were marveling at the sheer like 
And I, I, I found myself also marveling at the sheer force of this person's fandom that they brought a fandom into existence yeah. just for their own thing. Yeah, so so there's a lot of different videos for Disney MEPs, and, and if you search them on YouTube, you'll find a bunch. But my favorite person of all time in this fandom, and I hope maybe maybe somehow Irasora likes Degrassi and is listening to this, because I think Irasora is fucking brilliant. Irasora has willed into existence her own femslash ship, which is Thumbelina of Don Bluth's Thumbelina and Hollywood from Cool World. <laughs> Two markedly different properties. <laughs> Two markedly and different so heights. Because, like, Irisora has gotten, like, other people to create content for it, for, yep. for them. Like, it's yep. incredible. Yeah, and, like, if you go on to, like, ff.net, there is a uh, Hollywood, uh, um... Thumbelina fic, but it would just go Holly Lena. Um, yes. Irisora has written all of it. Um, but if you go to, but Irisora created her own fan week, which is incredible on YouTube. Um, people have gifted Irisora Holly Lena uh, MEPs and things like that. Irisora is still like active for years for this rare pair ship. So. I find this actually very inspiring um, because I think it follow your dreams, right? Like I think in the world of of fandom, I think that you know there is always this desire to be um, acknowledged and things like that, and like we do want that to happen. And I think it gets really hard when you do rare pairs because it's like, oh, like I don't really want, you know, like I like I want to do this, but like is it worth it? I don't know. But honestly, if you're just full steam ahead and this is your passion, you should just fucking do it. Because honestly, eventually, people are going to get behind it. Like, now I think about Holly Lena. They are on my Not mind. Right? Like, I think about them. And it's because this person on YouTube is so fucking dedicated to the ship. And I just think that's incredible. <sighs> but wasn't there, there was, like, another one? Like, a male-male pairing? Oh, yes, yes. You Are My Spouse, featuring Anastasia's uh, Dimitri and Little Mermaid's Prince Eric, aka Prince Bald Eric. Eric. Okay. Uh, including their children, Lilo from Lilo and Stitch, and Jane from Peter Pan 2 Return to Neverland. Yeah, but, <laughs> but look, the Nameless Doll, who is that YouTuber, uh, who's who does those videos, is fucking brilliant, number one. It, excellent. So, so talented. So, like, so, so talented. fucking talented. But also, really important to read um, the Nameless Doll's um like the descriptions because there are is extensive head cannons characterization like there's like a lot of stuff that doesn't make the cut and even then these are lush stories that this person is telling in like three minutes i really want to do a deep dive on this for my other podcast (laughs) because we we did do one about the draco like shifting people Oh, and yeah. oh, the person who killed Draco Malfoy and, yeah. and they shipped it. <laughs> and now yeah. they can't go back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they can't go back and they'll get arrested. Yeah, no, like, the only thing I will say, like, but, and I should be clear, like, yes, we're talking about, like, these pair. I want to be clear right here, right now. I fucking love this community and the, the amount of, like, work that is going into it and the amount of love that is going into it. It is fucking incredible yeah we're not we're not here to mock we're here no this is not mocking no we're here to appreciate yeah we in the words of magneto we've not come here to bury caesar but to praise him like (laughs) i i hope 
somehow, I don't know if anybody on this podcast listening to this podcast either is Irasora or knows Irasora, but if you do, if you are somebody who is curious, check them out because the videos are good. But I really hope someone brings this message to Irasora that <laughs> I just think Polylina is neat. <laughs> adult think your work is incredible we want you to know that oh i'm sure this person is an adult too Fair. it's been it's been so long like like, like years. at least 10 years yeah oh, i thought this was like brand new no no this person is just active still oh this God. person is just active like like think about like your longest fandom and this person might have put about as much time into your into their longest fandom but it is a crossover ship between two women from disparate animated films. And one is even like only half animated, and I'm pretty sure rated R. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I haven't seen Cool World. That feels like another movie night that needs to happen. What's weird is that I haven't seen it, but my sister has seen it. That's and really that weird. That never happened. Yeah. Like, it feels like something I would just assume you've seen. No I, offense. I, I'd be down to watch Cool yeah. World. <laughs> movie night, Cool World. Let's go! Cool world. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I think we're falling to the trap of we don't want to finish talking. No, about no. This. I mean, yeah. Know what? Again, we can. If it gets cut, it gets cut. If it gets kept, it gets kept. Anyway, what I'm getting at is that people can be passionate about a lot of different things, and I think that's really cool and neat. And um, uh, and yeah, I don't. I don't even know how we got there, but yeah. Anyway, what we're getting, Ellie and Manny. That was where it originated. <laughs> Was Ellie and Manny and how, did they even have any ships on AO3? My guess is no. No, of course no, not. No, no. There's a lot of, like, there's a lot of ships. The thing is about Degrassi ships is, like, I feel like you could make a case for a lot of them. Because a lot of them, even if they had, like, a slight interaction, like, there's a thing. I think also, like, Ellie and Manny is, is the type of enemies to lovers I could get behind. Well, I just think, like, the thing is with Manny. It's not like Ashley and Manny, which would never happen. No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Manny would get so sick of Ashley so quickly, <laughs> right? Because like I feel like Manny un until the until the writers decide that she's being annoying or immature or not as intelligent as everybody else, she's a great she'd be she's a great partner. Yeah, but like you know, because she's a great friend. She is. She is. She's a far better friend than Emma. <laughs> I mean, yes. But, like, that's why, like, I'm like, I could ship Manny with any of the female characters. Just like, I could ship Alex with any of the female characters. For it's kind of like the despair things of, like, Manny is super nice and would be a great partner. Alex is, would, is very, you know, prickly, but would also be very loyal and just be ride or die with her partner. So, like, it's just kind of like, yeah, mix and match. Go with what the fuck you feel like. Yeah, no, it's, there's a lot of, like, a, a potent potential and i think that even as a child i was like oh this would be neat um but <laughs> it's kind of like craig you know craig is a sweet boy you could kind of ship him with anybody if that's your thing season two craig season two craig <laughs> you could ship him season with, two craig season two craig you could ship with anybody after that it's a little yeah, yeah you might need to uh uh re you know uh do some au work oh yeah by the way craig's stand is a stand of himself in a rastafarian hat no! <laughs> no! Oh, I hate that. And every time another stand uses it, they're like, really? And is this stand called Downtown Sasquatch? Yes. <laughs> Great. Um, anyway, um, so we end up, um, 
in the family room, like, a can explodes, like, a beer can explodes on Jay. Jay is pissed off and, like... <laughs> He's like... Char- him and Spinner start, like, um, get the boys to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, JT runs up to Toby while Toby's makeout partner is on a pee break. And Her words. Yes. <laughs> and JT uses a conversation with oatmeal, or, like, uses the metaphor of oatmeal and meatball subs. I've never forgotten this metaphor. It's like no, I haven't forgotten it either. Like that stuck out to me. I don't know why it was so formative. <laughs> well, like I remember somebody describing love triangles in a similar way, where they said like you know like one person's the sandwich. Sandwich is good. Sandwich is liable, but kind of boring. The other person is chocolate cake. You can't eat chocolate cake every day. Cause it's gonna give you a tummy ache. It's dangerous. And then somebody else brought up the thing about another love, about the thing about love triangles. I was like, unless those other two sides, like, especially about the Twilight one, like, unless those other two sides are also into each other, that's not a love triangle. That's just two men backing a woman into a corner. Mm, mm-hmm. I was like, that's a fair point. Yeah. <laughs> Next time I, if I ever write a love triangle, which I'm not going to, no. but like, then boys gonna want to kiss each other. I just, I have always just like, <laughs> Can we just have positive polyamory plots and anything? Yeah. So, Toby's like, you need, basically, is like, you need to go after her, man. Yeah. Yeah, you know. He's like in, like, he's in, like, a haze of I've just made out with a girl for a very long time. Good for Toby, honestly. Again, she's into it. I'm not, I'm really, I'm not mad at all about this development. So then, um, JT is out on the street calling Calling for liberty. You know who I didn't see, and I'm very happy about it? Peter. Yeah. Yeah. Manny knows better than to invite Peter to a party. <laughs> Peter should know better than to show up. Yeah. I, I, you know, I would have been. I would have loved though if Peter did show up, and Emma, Emma and Manny were like, no, everybody, anybody else can stay. Like the Lakers kids can stay. Peter, you're gone. Okay, and then just, and then just Jay and Sh- Jay Spinner and I Sean. I want to see Emma throw up on him. Hell yeah! <laughs> and then Jay Spinner and Sean throw him out, DJ Jazzy Jeff style. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um. We'll just have Emma throw up on him. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Foolproof. Um, I can write his stupid hair. <laughs> yeah, it'd be good. Okay, but we see. JT on the street, he's calling for liberty. Um, he gets to his car where one of the two Lakers boys, one of them is peeing on it. Yeah. And JT's like, oh, my car's a piece of crap. I get it. Oh, you guys are lame. And they the, they start walking away. And then one of them, not mullet, but the other one, comes back. Ed Sheeran, yeah. Yeah, Ed Sheeran. <laughs> I, I think it's Drake. I think Drake comes back. Yeah, his name's Drake, but he looks like Ed Sheeran. Yeah. And he just stabs JT in the back. charges. Like, charges at him. I feel like that's also the thing that really, um... Oh, goddammit. I found the choreography of it to be kind of annoying in that sense. Like, again, like, I think it is more like the writers trying to, um, really ramp it up in a way that... The more I think about it, the more insulting it feels. Of, like, look, watch your precious character. There he goes. And it's just... 
it, yeah, I just, the more I think about it, the more it really doesn't sit right with me. Well, I, yeah, it's, it really just felt like, haha, look at this, you dare to care about someone? Especially because, like, the escalation was literally, like, that escalated quickly. All he said was, oh, ha, ha, you pissed on my car. Right, right. And it's like, yeah, you can make the argument that, you know, the Lakers kids were at the party and probably not being treated very great the whole entire night and they were already in, like, a bad mood. But why did they show up then? Right, right. Like, that's that's the thing. Why did you show up somewhere where you knew that you wouldn't be welcomed? Right, it's like, it. you had plenty of beer on your own, you clearly could have, like, just, like, drank in, like, the fucking woods for, for a couple hours and probably had a fun time. I absolutely love the fact that, like, both of our, both of our first thoughts was the woods. Yeah, like... <laughs> that is a Jersey drinking tradition. Just have a woods party! Like, why, why do you have to go to this person's house? I don't understand! But it's like, yeah, it's like, again, it's like, things do get caught in the crossfire. People do get hurt and killed, and they were not the intended target, or, you know, escalation happened. But it's just, it, it feels like, it's like one of those things where it feels like the, there's, you know, Degrassi's trying to usually create some sort of commentary, right? It's some sort of commentary about, um, like, you know, like, violence, or, or pregnancy, or, uh, gender or like sexuality or things like that and it's like this one is it feels like the narrative like it it feels like it's like so the narrative of like it's so half-assed to have it be about uh violence it just kind of just seems like there he goes in the arms of an angel yeah, it just it just really doesn't sit right with me, and I, I, I think this is probably why, and I think that's probably why so many people were pissed off, right? Like, I think that's, and I think that's why I was upset, was because it felt very insulting as a kid, and I'm sure that's why a lot of kids dropped it, because I do remember a lot of folks saying, like, yeah, like, I didn't really watch Degrassi after JT died, or I took a break from Degrassi. But, um, Joey, I do yeah, want to kind of put I mean, it on you. I mean, I did. I stopped, yeah, I stopped watching after he died. I mean, I was already not watching it regularly at that point. Because I didn't really like the fact that it just felt like it was escalating. Like, they were just looking for ways they could outdo what they had done previously. And that yeah. just felt like, I don't know, like, even as, like, a teenager, it just looked like a bad taste in my mouth. And I was like, there was no reason for this to happen. Yeah, and, like, I think that perspective is really um, important to kind of have because it's, like, I I felt, I kept with it. Um, I'm trying to remember, I might have, I think I did just keep going. Like, I don't think I took a break. Um, I did take a break while watching Degrassi, but we are, but I will talk about that point when, um, when we get to that point. But, um, I didn't take a break. I just kind of kept full steam ahead. Um, but... It, it was definitely, like, I think, it, it definitely made me feel, like, I didn't really feel good. And it's, like, it's kind of, like, weird, because it's, like, well, it's a character death. Like, character deaths aren't supposed to make you feel good. But I feel like, I feel like there are a lot of character deaths that just, that do just feel gratuitous or senseless or, or um, unfair, but not in a way that is a good kind of unfair. I can't really think of a time there's been a death that I felt like was like, this is unfair, but I understand it, but... Um... I can think of a few... Like, I, I know I've seen them. Right. But, like... 
I mean, there are some for Battlestar, but that I guess those are also huge spoilers. But also, that's a sixteen-year-old series. But also, like Battlestar, correct me if I'm wrong, is about war. war. Yeah. Like, like I feel like that's the thing. It's like character deaths during the framework of war. It's easier to digest. Or, like, a superhero movie or things like that. Even if I still have opinions on some of the character deaths that happen in, in, in those movies. Like, it's at least... The thing with those movies, though, is that the whole story about com- death in comics that's not permanent. So I don't know why the movies act like it is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's... Because well, contracts, Joey. Because <laughs> of contracts that are with humans. <laughs> Rights and, you know, monopolies. Yeah, you know, things like that. But, like, you know, but... But, like, I'm trying to think of, like, movies, like, movies or media or things like that that have had deaths that kind of felt, I mean, because I was going to say Sopranos, I'm like, (laughs) 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 oh, but even then there were a couple deaths that felt very, um, gratuitous and cruel and, and, um, were not, it was really the deaths that were made by people who were not in the mob that were horrible feeling, Mm. um, and it's it's a hard I think it's a very hard thing to do well I think that um it makes me think a lot about when I was like younger and I feel like I did a lot of character death in my writing and I think a lot of teens do right because to them it's like oh what's what's like the saddest fucking thing I can think of I'm gonna kill off this character and I think a lot of older writers still do this but um to actually do it well and make it feel worthwhile is incredibly difficult well i mean we're also talking about you know teen media right like you know with adults it's just like i'm not saying you expect them to die but it's just like well you had your time right well and now i'm also thinking about sorry to cut you off but i'm thinking about what you said earlier about how with rick's death there was such a lead up to it and that makes me feel like the deaths that do tend to work a little better as an audience are those chronic illness mm. type situations because you do have time with the person and you have a reason why this is happening and it is senseless. But you understand as a viewer, like, oh, well, I understand, like, you know, this is how cancer works or, like, I understand, like, this is how stroke works or I understand how, like, you know, whatever medical thing it is, it's, it's a little easier to grasp that death, which is probably why, like, there is a lot of death in medical dramas, but you still feel something, but you don't sit around watching, like, maybe Grey's Anatomy, but like you don't watch, like, other a lot of medical dramas going, like, well, I feel cheated by this person dying, because it's like, well, they got through, a fi- like, a horrible car crash. It wasn't looking good. Yeah. Well, that's why, uh, I just feel one at one's teeth, though, was on house. Yes. Was, I can't remember if it was Wilson's wife or his girlfriend who just like exploded in a subway and then woke up long enough to tell him goodbye and then died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I loved her character a lot and that that one was hard. That was a hard one. But it's like but it, it's it's like this weird balancing act that I feel like is it it's kind of almost taking me analyzing this episode to fully grasp like how fucking hard it is to actually write this well. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of the movie of Ender's Game, where, like, and spoilers for the end of Ender's Game, which is an even older book. Oh, or movie no. Then, oh, no. You know, but, like, 
you know, the ending for that where it turns out Ender has, you know, blown up the the bug's home planet. And the guy's like, you just... He's like, no, I defeated you. He's like, no, you were never fighting me. You were fighting actual battles. And then, like, they try and put it in the movie. And it's just like, the kid can't do that because nobody can do that. Like, nobody's a good enough actor or to, like, play off I accidentally just blew up a planet. And it's just like, with this, it's just like, you kind of... It's like, this is senseless. Because any death of a child is senseless. And it's hard to write that, except, like like we said, except in the case of Rick, where, like, and Joey, I think your point was, you know, excellent, where it's like, Rick has no other place to go. There's yep. no redemption for him. Like, you know, it's just, like, teens aren't supposed to die. Right. <laughs> it's like, that's not what, that's not what's supposed to happen to them. It's supposed to grow old. Right. So, like, now you just have, like, and that's what I was thinking when watching this, I'm like, and I've said this before, watching these episodes, I'm sure as a teen, I would relate to these kids. Now as an adult, I'm like, these poor sweet children, will somebody just give them a fucking break? Can we have a beach episode? Can we just get an episode where they go to the beach and not like a shitty lake beach, like an actual beach beach? Right. Like, bring down the Jersey Shore. <laughs> Let them hang. No, they could the... eat alive. What? They get eaten alive at the Jersey Shore. <laughs> That's true. Oh, God. Oh, fuck. Don't send them to Manhattan. Send them to, like, Seaside Heights. Jay's gonna learn. He is... He's a very big fish in a very small pond. <laughs> <laughs> now he's swimming with sharks. Time, the time where Ronnie just punches the guy out and he's just unconscious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Same fucking shit. <laughs> man from the Bronx is just gonna knock you the fuck out. <laughs> but, like, but, yeah, like, I'm not gonna say it's poorly written, I'm just gonna say it's just, like, not as well as it could have been. Yeah, it's 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 just something I think that ultimately is a really hard thing to do. It's, it's very easy to make the decision, I'm gonna kill off this character. It's very hard, I think, to actually, like, pull it off yeah and and i think that it people don't really realize it across the board um and and it's it's particularly interesting and weird and complicated in the case of this because the death was not really like a shock it, it was like a weird hand-holding process yeah um but we do get to the last scene and um damien is able to identify the um the Lakehurst kids who were responsible. Um, a lot of folks are in the waiting room. Sorry, just Rob. I was thinking about this earlier. What a shitty day Damien is having. Right? <laughs> like, I mean, like, the people who know JT, far worse day. But Damien's like, all right, cool. I'm coming to this peace summit thing to deal with, like, the problems my school is I'm causing. Okay, kiss a cute girl. Oh, look, these cute girls inviting me to a party. This is pretty good. It's like, oh, this party's got out of hand. I'm, <laughs> and they want me to talk to this girl who I don't have any chemistry with. Oh, God, somebody was murdered? Oh, God, I'm a witness for the police? <laughs> there, I think there's also, like, that piece of the reveal, like, the aftermath of it, right? So, like, Liberty... Because I'm also thinking about, like, Liberty finds JT. JT is dying. Yeah. But we don't see how the party finds out that information. We don't see how people react to it. We don't see what the deeper implications this is for in the moment between Lakehurst and Degrassi. It, like, for... it, It's very much just, like, he's dead. We're gonna make it feel like garbage that he's dead. Yeah. Um, we really could have done with, like, a reveal scene at the party. 
Yeah. Like it, it feels like it, it would have if, if or or I'm assuming cops show up, live like, and like you know people flee when they see the red and blue, like any group of party goers, and then that's when they find out. Like oh, yeah. somebody points out, like they're not coming to this house. Yeah, which would have been a good scene. Especially, like, because the chill was thrown down the spine of the people coming out of the party. Like, that feels like that would have been more... Because then then it actually really registers um, the extent of the potential damage this can bring to so many different people. Yeah. Like, that, that actually, like, makes it have meaning as a viewer. You actually see the deeper impact of it. Yeah. And I, I don't think that... Yeah, like, it's just really missing it. Because the next scene, we have them in the hospital waiting room. And, like, a couple folks are waiting. And, and Emma's on the phone saying it's bad. And Manny's freaking out. Somebody points out, it's all the kids that were in the pilot. All the seventh graders that were in the pilot. Oh, that's really... Oh, I like that. <laughs> I kind of like that. <laughs> oh, fuck. So. Yeah. That's that's good. That part's good. Yeah, if they kept that scene but had like an in between reveal scene, like that would have been yeah, that would have been good. But um, so they kick everyone out of the party. That's so a... everyone get the fuck out. Someone got stabbed. <laughs> right. I mean, that's a pretty easy way to clear people out. It's like, hey, somebody got stabbed, so like we need well, you to go. Well, like I, oh fuck, it would have been really good if it was Sean. Oh fuck. Because like. Like, the, the lights come on, and everybody's like, oh, fuck, cops. And, like, everybody flees, and Sean's, like, trying to leave. He's like, they're not coming here. And then he's, like, he looks down the street, or hears Liberty screaming for help, and runs over, and then runs back, like, guys, we gotta fucking go. Like. Yeah, let's just add more trauma to Sean. It's fine. I was gonna say, Sean had to be there when Rick died, holding the gun. So. <laughs> this, this buddy can hold so much trauma. <laughs> It's the eyebrows. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, um, but so, like... My but, eyebrows are heavy with tragedy. <laughs> but, like, he, I mean, he's he's in this moment because uh, a doctor comes out and says, like, you know, she has to talk to family. JT's grandmother is hours away? Plural? <laughs> did everybody, did, like, most of the cast clear out this weekend? It's, like, it's, like, very... S- Snake, Spike, I'm, I'm assuming, uh, Jimmy... I'm assuming Darcy. Gone. <laughs> it's weird, because I, I noticed this very... I found this weird even as a kid, because, like, there are earlier plots where JT talks about, like, his mom. Yeah. And and I remember being a kid being like, where's his mom? Did his mom just, like, disappear? She, she's like that I one... I think it's before they gave him, like, a solid uh, backstory. Right. And, like, what his home situation was. Right. And, like, I just remember being... Like, I remember sitting there going, like, wait... Because, like, there's the can, the can plot where his mom throws out all his garbage. Well, there's that, um, or the mom is basically, like, that one, um, brother on Happy Days who went upstairs to clean his skis and never came back down again. Wait, what? (laughs) Yeah, Chuck Cunningham was Richie's brother, and he went upstairs, like, at the end of, like, an episode and just never came down again because they decided they didn't want to have that character. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. And because, like, things weren't really, like, in syndication yet, you can get away with shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's so really how they did. Re- yeah, how they did reruns on I Love Lucy is that they would, like, because, like, when she was off having her, like, real child, the other characters would be sitting there going, hey, remember when this thing happened? And then they would just show the whole episode. 
That's so funny. <laughs> and then on uh, Battlestar, there was a little kid character, because he was in the original show named Boxy. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> this one person looks at him, he's just like, or the the... XO looks at him and goes, where's your mother? Dead. Where's yours? And then he just walks out of the ready room and just is never seen again. Holy shit. Because <laughs> like, he's like, the show's going to take place over like three or four years. It's going to take like five or six. Right. <laughs> and he's going to get uh, way too old. That's what happened on Lost with Walt. They just wrote the character off the show because the kid who played him got too old. Oh, no. So, like, all, like, the weird, like, psychic shit that they were, like, dealing with him, they were just, it was just dropped because the kid went through puberty and he wasn't a kid anymore. <laughs> oh, my God. And back to Bran, who's no longer a small child. He's a big old teen. He's a grown man. <laughs> anyway. But, uh, so, but yeah, so, so we're in the hospital room. So, when the worst doctor comes out. This, this was, like, I was, like, sitting there. I was, like, what? Because, like, she goes, she's, like, oh, I gotta talk to family. Um, they're, like, oh, grandmother's not here. Uh, she's like, ah, ah, okay. And then Toby's like, oh, I'm his brother. So what's, what's good? <laughs> don't worry. I'm, and he's like, don't worry, guys. I'm actually an only child. I'm like, your sister, sister Ashley? He's like, is it? <laughs> but, uh, Did I really just film my friends hitting on my sister? That's kind of fucked up, don't you guys think? Yeah, right. Anyway, what's your news, doctor? <laughs> uh, yeah, he's like, oh, hi. Um, and, like, in the middle of this busy waiting room with a bunch of teenagers watching, um, this kid has just said that it's his brother that, that he, that she has been treating. She goes, oh, he's dead. (laughs) And it's like, I, I've never. That's the price you pay for free healthcare. The doctors are just mean. Ugh! It's like. I was just kind of sitting there. I was like, I've never, I've, I've knock on wood, never had to like had um, someone. I've never had a doctor tell me someone has passed away. Um, knock on wood again, just to be sure. But um, I was under the impression they'd bring you somewhere quiet. <laughs> or like have you know proper bedside manner of not just going, oh he did. Yeah, really, just like <laughs> he real did. Yeah, like uh, the aorta was was uh <laughs> punctured. It was bad. <laughs> Which is weird because I don't think he stabbed him that high. I I just I mean I'm not uh, yeah it's just like it's just very I mean the only thing that's worth it is Sean's reaction which is like really fucking good. Yeah, like you know he's not in for, like we cut to just a, like a shot of Emma. He Sean is behind Manny and Toby, and Sean go like Donnie and I were saying goes on a face journey. Where he just kind of, like, frowns, kind of looks up, and he's just like, yep, yeah, of course, of course, this happens. And then punches the wall. Yeah, no, it's good. Oh, that's good. I love love Sean. Me too. Like, I'm so, I'm back on the Sean train, and I I couldn't be happier. I, I, I just, I just love him. I just love him. I'm sorry. He's the type of character I like. We know. I'm not, I'm not, you act like I'm, I'm here being like, yeah, so nicely a piece of shit. No, I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm fully just, in support of it. I know, but it's like... <laughs> he did the work. I know, but you give me a slightly, like, kind of, like, scuffed up white dude with mental illnesses, <laughs> and it's like, I'm just like, oh, I love him. <laughs> I mean, like, he's trying. Yes, he that's the secret. He has to try. That's when I like them. <laughs> I would love a fucking therapy session with Sean and Save. Yeah. 
<laughs> that would be great. But yeah, so like his reaction's really good. He, he comes back in and she's like, ah, welcome back, my old friend. Right. <laughs> Let's get back to work. Yeah. But like, yeah, so like, JT's dead. I was trying to find the clip of Piccolo yelling at Goku, he's dead! <laughs> <laughs> Mentally, we're there. <laughs> I just... That was the doctor. That was how the doctor... <laughs> <laughs> <Here's Jen. laughs> it's Toby, it's why did you give... Why did you give Drake a sensu bean? Because <laughs> JT it. deserved to fight him at his full force. No! <laughs> oh my god. I'm feeling like it's like... At least it's not like the doctor on Arrested Development. Was, yeah, he's gonna be alright. <laughs> Thank God. Wow, you guys are handling this pretty well. I'm saying he lost his left hand. He's going to be all right. <laughs> oh, God. I will, that is my favorite Je- Jessica Waters moment, in, Jessica Walter moment in anything. When she, like, you just come back to her and she, like, is just lunging at him like, you son of a bitch! And, like, throws her purse over her shoulder. <laughs> interaction that happened with the doctor where he said things like that and they go I'm afraid we've lost him oh and he goes yeah he like climbed out a window or something <laughs> there's the fucking doctor <laughs> there's no we can't do anything else so <gasps> let him finish <laughs> god <laughs> it, it appears that he's dead what yeah he's like covered in blue paint doesn't look like he's dead <laughs> I I I you know I've thought for many years like you know not many I guess yeah I can say many I can start saying many because it's, it's been a minute since we've been working on this podcast like I wondered where we would end up when we got to this episode <laughs> and like where that journey would take us and I didn't think it was gonna be here but I'm glad. <laughs> oh, rest in peace, JT. Yeah, it's just like rip a Rooney, JT. I mean. <sighs> Feel bad, you were turning your life around, you were becoming a likable character again. Right, like, it's... He was putting in the work, and I feel like that's why it sucks, because it's like, wow, a character who's actively trying to better themselves gets killed. Right, and it's like, does that happen in life? Yep, there's St. Emma floating through life. Right, and I think that's what what makes character death so, so tricky, because it's true, like, there are situations, plenty of situations, where people are working on themselves and trying to do better for themselves and it doesn't work or like something tragic happens but there's something about it in the context of fiction that makes it really hard to actually like achieve it and not have the viewer feel like yeah like thinking like well emma gets to skate by (laughs) you know there's all these other shitheads don't have to die so why does jt have to die uh, yeah, I mean, like, it's, yeah, like, it's just, why JT? Like, what, well, you, we couldn't have it been, like, it's a close call, and a girl shows, like, I'm pulling back out of school, we're moving to fucking British Columbia, like, right. this school's cursed, you should all run. Right, like, that's what it becomes, it becomes people, like, it becomes, like, I feel like there is this, this, um, alternative kind of, like, um, I don't know, perspective of it, where it is just like, well, like, you didn't have to just die, die, like, you didn't have to, like, you could've just, he could've just, like, I don't know, graduated early, like, he could've just, 
Or he's just doing school from home for the rest of the year. Right, right. And, like, I do understand that the, the actor himself wanted to, like, go out with a bang. But, again, it's like, I feel like, I feel like there could have been a way to do it. But I feel like the, did he actually want to leave or did they tell him, hey, we're getting rid of you? And he goes, can I at least go out in a way that's cool? Right. It's really hard. It's really hard to tell with Degrassi because I, every time I've, like, looked up, like, character stuff on Degrassi, um, the, the, uh, it tends to be this weird type of thing where the producers kind of just go, oh, you don't have any more chemistry? Oh, well, you're gone. It's a place really pretty. Oh, good for him. She is very pretty. But yeah, it's just like, it feels like it's like one of those things where the writers are just like, oh, we're just not feeling you anymore, so we're just gonna put you in the black hole of other Degrassi characters. Bye! Say hi to Toby! Yeah, like, like, oh, you don't want to do this. Say hi to Toby and Kendra! Right, like, and, and with Kendra, it was a case of the actress not feeling comfortable doing a plot, and they're like, well, and we're just gonna get rid of you. We're just gonna not care. Oh. Yeah, no, I just looked this up. Uh, it was not his choice. They just decided to kill JT. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised, because I'm yeah. sure it was like, oh, well, you know, we don't really know what to do with you anymore, so, like, we can make people, like, you know, people will really feel something if they if you die like that. Yeah, this, I don't know, this seems real fucking cheap. Right. I feel and like it, someone else could, it could have, it could have been, like... It didn't have to be a student from Degrassi who died even. It could be, like, the student from Lakers. It's true. Died. It could have been. And it, and maybe they didn't want to do that because if it was that, then it's like you may end up with another accidental death plot, like, uh, with Sean. So maybe they wanted to avoid that, doing that again. But, but even then, if the decision was on the writer's part, that also means that they could have taken time to develop this tension between Lakers and Degrassi. They could have had that be, like, you know, like, the the end goal like we're, the end goal is that we're going to have JT die but if this actually was entrenched in the stories and maybe even had had some more like curse related plots then maybe when we lost JT it could have actually like resonated with us and like made us feel something yeah because right now it just does <sighs> it's like it feels like he's not even like like wait but did he die <laughs> he died right like it's just like really really over that, it, it's it's it's. I I think that there it just there, it just literally would have required more time. It really just feels like they were like we want to teach our, we want to teach our viewers a lesson about avoiding how, knives. About how yeah, about how sometimes you really like a fucking character and we have the power to kill them because we want to make sure you know we go there. The thing is, like I feel like later, like. Like, they just, like, that's the problem, like, again, that's why I stopped watching, because I felt like they kept, like, having to top themselves. Right. How much they go there. Right, and, like, the thing is, is, like, the phrase of, it goes there, and, like, that became its tagline, Frank, that was, like, all anyone knew, a couple of our guests have referenced it as well, um, but it's, like, one of those things where I think that, and I think this happens a lot in teen media, where people don't really realize that going there does not have to be all that big, because a lot of teen media doesn't really go there. In various ways. And and sometimes going there can just be a very frank conversation. <laughs> but like a very honest conversation about sexuality. About gender. About 
interpersonal conflict. Like, go, like, it, 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 or, or, like, you know, like, you don't necessarily need it to be a character gets stabbed in a fucking driveway. I mean, my favorite version of going there is at the end of Love, Simon, when Simon has that beautiful conversation with his dad. <laughs> yeah, like, that, that was a really good, that was a good scene. Um, and I think Degrassi has had these scenes too, right? Where it's like, there have been very good, honest moments of going there um, regarding mental health, regarding abuse, regarding sexuality. But they weren't always the biggest moments either. Yeah, it's... it's There's shock value and then there's sentiment. Right, and I, I think... Yeah, that, I yeah. think this is the big turn when they started doing a lot of things for shock value. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, it's like, there are definitely... There are definitely some good things happening coming down the pipeline. There definitely are. There are some, and and I I'm somebody who genuinely likes some of the later characters that are added. There's a couple characters that I genuinely really enjoy, um, but I do think that there is this that they are conflating going there, which is to me I de- define as like honest and authentic conversations of occasionally difficult topics, versus going there, which is just shock factor. Uh, Things that will make you talk about it after, you know, after the episode. Yeah. But. Anyway. I'm going to give this a B minus. Yeah. It could have been handled better, but it's not the worst. Yeah. It could have also been Peter. It could have been Peter. Of course, that oh, would just make God, them. Peter been stabbed. Maybe that's what they should have. <laughs> they should just be like, which character would people be <laughs> excited to see gotten rid of? <laughs> Everyone, Peter, Peter. They're like, oh no! <laughs> it's just like that Top Gear or thing. Peter, that Top Gear meme. He, Peter's been stabbed. Oh no! Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it's just yeah. It's uh. <laughs> it's just. Oh my God! Peter's been stabbed. Should we call the the ambulance? No, wait, 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 wait. Let's see how this turns out. Now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess we'll go on to character rankings. I, I, that, that's a child. <laughs> Look, that is a child in the context of what I'm talking about. I'm and like, Peter, oh, we get shagged. <laughs> I mean, we can take it out. Peter, listen, yeah, but also, Peter's the worst. Peter, yeah, he's also a monster. <laughs> yeah, like the thing about, he's again, the monster. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's, it's. And again, that I'm is... I'm going to let people hear my sins. Yeah. It's not even a sin. Like, he's a fictional character. I don't wish that upon actual people. It's a, it's just, like, I think the thing is, is, like, I think it further reiterates how angry a lot of, like, we are. Because we haven't seen Peter ever have to atone for his stuff. So, like, when we see a moment like this, we're like... Why, JT? Why, why not JT? Peter? Why? Because, like, Peter's never had to ever atone for any of his fucking shit. Uh, honestly... I'm sorry? I was the same, right? Yeah. Okay. So my rankings, honestly, I'm just boosting everybody up because I don't really like besides the Lakers kids who don't matter. I enjoyed everybody. <laughs> JT's I feel like final JT rank. should get an A plus plus. Yeah. Uh, just like a in, in memoriam, JT should get an A plus <laughs> plus. Right. <laughs> I mean, I'm willing to give it. Yeah. Like he can go to S rank because, yeah. like, he, from. From where he started, it's true. Like in season one, where every fucking moment we saw him, I'm just like, oh Christ, what now? What horrible thing is gonna do now? But like, then he attacked Dean, and yeah. like, he, 
beat the shit out of a rapist. Like, yeah. <laughs> Who was two or three times bigger than him. Right? Like while he was wearing right? a Panther costume. Right? Like like that was that was a big mo- I guess it is kind of a weird retrospect cuz he's like a character that definitively is dead. Like there's no chance that this character will make a, an appearance again. Like it is weird. But- well, well, Unless Degrassi becomes one of those shows where ghosts are a thing. Stop! And- no, no, we're not getting started about the Grey's Anatomy ghost episode and how that ruined my <laughs> immersion in the social. I was gonna say Pretty Little Liars did that too. No! <laughs> uh, uh, that was like this one uh, book series I read that was like typical like murder mystery, like at a boarding school with all these girls and all this stuff. And they decided because this is when supernatural YA was starting to become popular that in like the fifth book that they were witches. Oh no! And also, two of the characters who always sort of had chemistry were all of a sudden half sisters. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, I never got that far. Um, I just was reading the back of a book, and I was like, "Wait, they're, they're witches now!" <laughs> oh my fucking god! I mean, that was always my dream show was to make a cop procedural. And they just keep finding, like, different, like, machine things. Like, these weird devices that they don't know what they're for. And then, like, just in the 13th episode or whatever the end of the season is, it just turns out they're Power Rangers. <laughs> like, somebody grabs one and morphs. And just, like, now we're a hardcore Power Ranger show. That's it. I just see, like, just, like... That's what happened... No, that's, like, literally what happened with Samurai Flamenco. That's, like, the exact plot of Samurai Flamenco. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I, did. I forgot about Samurai Flamenco, but I think somebody told me that I got disappointed somebody beat me to the punch. <laughs> like, and game Power Rangers. But, like, it also reminds me how in, I think it's the second Transformers movie, um, Shia LaBeouf, actual cannibals, <laughs> actual cannibal, real piece of shit, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, real piece of shit. <laughs> like, dies. And he, he does? I've never seen any Transformer movies except for Bumblebee. You could tell me literally he, anything happens. I mean, well, I, yeah, same. I've only seen Bumblebee, too. That one was cute. Yeah, I like Bumblebee. Bumblebee's fine. Like, Bumblebee's a good movie. The rest of them are pure trash. Okay. <laughs> pure Michael Bay trash. But, like, Spike Wiki dies and goes to the afterlife, which is just filled of giant robots. What? <laughs> like, How was that different from his regular life? Right? Like, this movie was so bad, My fr- I saw my friend Lisa, who loved Shia LaBeouf, and, like, but neither of us could, commu- like, neither of us, like, I was thinking, like, oh, like, I hate this movie, but, like, Lisa sees me enjoying it, Lisa's like, God, I hate this movie, Frank sees me enjoying it, she took a 30-minute phone call, she's like, I don't want to go back in there, that movie's so terrible, <laughs> and then later, we're like, God, that was awful, I was like, we need to communicate better, like, we, if something sucks, we need to tell each other, like, we... Don't let this happen again. Um, no that words. reminds me of my favorite article that was ever posted on Crash.com, yes. which yes. is Michael Bay's storyboards for The Great Gatsby. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite is the Mayor of Wolfsheim, which is the wolf head on a shirt with a, gu- with a guy wearing a shirt that said mayor. <laughs> Fuck. Oh. <laughs> me and my sister quote it, like, to this day. But, um, yes. Oh, but like in that, she gets S rank. So yeah, when um, just to finish this, when Spike Wookie dies, I yelled out, "No gods or devils, just giant robots!" <laughs> and one guy chortled in the back. I'm like, God, I hate this movie. <laughs> but like, I was like, he saw the other side. Yeah. <laughs> and like, that's why that I think like when uh, me and B went to go see the Star Trek, went to go see Star Trek Into Darkness. 
and every single time Benedict Cumberbatch came on screen, we would start laughing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like we would just like go, like put one of those, and then when he goes, "I am Khan," we started laughing so hard you that like no to. one shushed us. And she goes, "Because we were laughing what they were all thinking." Yeah. <laughs> She's right. I, I remember like be, seeing the Blair Witch Project in the theaters, and wow. like one kid, or, like I was too too young for it. I was gonna say, I'm like, like how, when did that come out? I think my sister was ninety six. Yeah, I was a kid. Oh, no, I I no, I had an my, I had an. Let's find out. You had an older sister, so Blair Witch Project. But anyway, like. I, one guy was just like, I'm not leaving until every one of these fuckers gets killed. Because <laughs> he was just so sick of them. Oh my god. Yeah, no, I was 13. <laughs> Emotionally not the right time, but socially the right time. <laughs> yeah, so wait what, what, wait, what year was it? Uh, 1999. Oh, it was 99? Wow, I was way off. For some reason I felt like it came out earlier. I was nine. <laughs> I was 13. <laughs> um... But where does JT where 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 is heaven for JT? What is heaven in our rankings? Oh, I guess an S rank. It's just S rank. It's just not not no visual, just S rank. Oh, what what do, what do I think his after his afterlife is? Well, what is the ideal Degrassi afterlife? <laughs> Maybe a picture. Not being at Degrassi. You're right. It's not. <laughs> is it a park? It's Degrassi Park. What the fuck's Degrassi Park? It's the park that Degrassi is named after that I visited. Oh, okay. It's a really nice <laughs> little park. I mean, yeah, he just he's up there, and he's just waiting for you know, everybody to show up. Damn. All right. Well, now let's move on to recommendations. This is where we recommend things that are either directly related, tangentially related, things like that. Um, I feel like a lot of my uh, recent uh, musings and thoughts about death have been really influenced by uh, the YouTube channel Ask a Mortician, um, which talks a lot about um, the funeral industry and things like that. It's it's a pretty fun, as fun as this topic can be, kind of read, but also really informative. Um, it is it is ran by a funeral director, um, so it's it's worth kind of looking at to kind of make sense of your feelings about death and like make you more okay with it because it is a thing that. Um, like it or not, we're all going to experience. Um, so yeah, it's you a... are. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Code is gonna die by saving the president, or Frank Code is never gonna die. <laughs> you need I'm a good president to want to die. Frank, we already told you how you're going to die. <laughs> I know. Quicksilver <laughs> figure. Yeah. The, the president's also gonna be shit talking. Quicksilver, and then from the ground, Joey holding aloft the statue. I'm like, no. Anyway, um, another one that I think is is worth checking out. Um, I I have been really enjoying the latest season of Good Trouble. Um, I think Good Trouble is um, if you've watched The Fosters, it's a spinoff of it. I think I might have mentioned it once or twice on this on this series. Um, but they have been able to talk a bit about um violence and death and and the sometimes senselessness of it um in a way that really works um i find that even i find that a lot of their plots develop like they do try to give them the time to develop over time and i i think that um it's a really good example of an ensemble piece where people do have very distinct issues they are all working through the whole entire series um and I've been really, I have been really, again, like, the new season is out. I've been really enjoying it. They're talking about polyamory in a way that, like, is not making me want to pull my hair out, which I'm really pumped on. 
Um, but I think that it has a lot of similar themes to this episode and Degrassi in general. Um, and while the characters are a little older, I do think that it's worth a watch. I'm really enjoying it. Hmm. Um, Joey, what's your recommendations? Um, so I really haven't been doing much except reading and rereading old comics. But on the topic of death and dying, I will say probably one of the best films I've seen that deals with it. And also, on a side note, it's probably one of the closest I've ever seen a film to depicting like what it's like to be in a nightmare would be uh, Phantasm, which is just this incredible, surreal movie that you never get the same thing out of twice. Nice. Hmm. Um, I'm going to recommend... I think I recommended um, Captain... Excuse me. Falcon and Winter Soldier last time I was on. Um, But I actually did read the uh, trade paperback... Or not the, the... um, limited series Truth, Red, White, and Black. I highly recommend reading uh, that. That's a really good series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I also want to recommend, on the complete opposite end, uh, the book I'm currently reading called Blitzed, uh, Drugs in the Third Reich. Um, if you're a history buff, it is a very interesting part of history that I didn't know about. It's by Norman Oler. Um, and... It, uh, yeah, apparently the Nazis were on a whole bunch of meth. (laughs) I just find it really interesting. (laughs) So, um, with that said, Joey, you've made it through. Yeah, JT did it. But, um... Are there ways that you um, would like people to find you? Uh, yeah, uh, I could be found on Twitter under uh, Smug Snail. It's both a personal and just general Twitter of my opinion. Um, I could be found on Archive of Our Own under Indivan and on Instagram where I post mostly just like cosplay things under Smug Snail z- with, a, with a Z because Smug Snail was taken. <laughs> so it's like Smug Snail. Hell yeah. Um, If you want to continue the conversation with us as a podcast, there's a couple ways you can do that. You can email us at ihopepod at gmail.com. You can also uh, join us, our Facebook group at I Hope I Can Make It Through Podcast, or you can follow us on Twitter at ihopepod. If you want to support us, the best way to do it is to write a review for us. Um, As we've said, when we hit certain uh, tiers, we will give you bonus episodes and random content that uh, we think is fun, and hopefully you do too. Um, But if you want to keep in touch with me individually, um, your best bet is to probably find me on Twitter at DMIsUnbreakable, or you can also follow me on Instagram at Carmela Tafani. That's Carmela with two L's. Um, And that is where I post a lot of stuff about my drag. I got a couple performances coming up that I would love you to witness if you would like. And Frank? Um, I have another podcast called um, Teen Girl Talk. I nearly said I hope I can make it through. <laughs> um, uh, I hope I can Teen Girl Talk. <laughs> my sister and I um, cover all kinds of teen media, not just Degrassi. Uh, when this comes out, we're probably going to be in the middle of doing teen recommendation or doing audience, doing recommendations we received from our audience throughout the summer. Um, so it's going to be a whole grab bag of different stuff. Um, but if you want to hear us 
talk about how the Darkling General is, like, giving you, like, neck scritches, that's the place to go. Yep. And with that being said, everybody, we hope we can keep making it through and that you're going to be there with us. See you next week. Later. Bye.